0: Listener-supported,
1: WNYC Studios. From NewSounds.org, but not the studios of WNYC in New York, this is an on-the-road edition of Soundcheck, our series of live performances and interviews, I'm John Schaefer in Knoxville, Tennessee for the annual Big Ears Festival, an annual coming together of musicians who play slightly left of center music in whatever category, from from pop to jazz to contemporary classical to world music. And while there are always groups that I come here knowing I want to see, there are also Groups that I've never heard of before just kind of stumble upon and think, wow, I'm really glad to have met these folks. And that is the case with Larry and Joe. Larry is Larry Bearin, a Venezuelan harp player. And Joe is Joe Troop, who you may know from the band Apalache, a band that has long blended the sounds of uh, traditional bluegrass music of North America with the traditional sounds of South America as well. As Larry and Joe, they have released an album that covers, as you might imagine, a a lot of musical ground. And uh, they performed here at Knoxville at the Big Ears Festival, the 2023 edition. I caught up with them in Larry's hotel room where we had a chance to talk a little bit and to hear a couple of live performances. So, Joe, um, tell me a little bit about how working with Che Apalache and the kind of social consciousness, if I can use that term of that band, how that led to this duo with Larry.
2: Well, Che Apalache was a band that I started with my students in Buenos Aires, Argentina, but we had a pretty good run at it in the United States, and I as a songwriter was able to address topics such as immigration reform and the border wall, bluegrass is genre music from the South, obviously. And being that my bandmates were from Mexico and Argentina, it, it, uh, that impacts people, you know, especially in the Appalachian region. So anyhow, uh, I, I wrote a song about a DACA recipient from Yakin County, North Carolina, called the dreamer and a song against the border wall called the wall amongst other compositions. And that's where I was sort of cutting my teeth as a, as a, I wouldn't say political songwriter, but a songwriter
1: concerned with immigration reform in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if you were a rapper, we'd say you were a conscious or socially conscious rapper. Yeah. But socially
2: conscious bluegrass yeah, musician. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, for some reason that, that, was considered radical. I don't know. There's, there's a tradition of that that is often overlooked. Folk music's always uh, finger on the pulse. But anyway, so when the pandemic hit, my band was forced into hiatus and I sort of inadvertently wound back up in the United States. And I was invited to volunteer at a migrant shelter in Nogales, Mexico to see with my own eyes what was happening down there. And um, that was a very formative Experience in my life working with asylum seekers, and just seeing what what life is like on the migrant trail in the borderlands. And after that experience, I was offered a residency in Durham, North Carolina. And I had heard somebody tip me off about this migrant musician, uh, this Yañeda musician living in Raleigh. And I said, "No way! It's that's crazy." I saw some videos, and I couldn't believe that this person was was there so i invited him to the residency to come out and play some songs and we hit it off immediately sparks flew and we were like well this is this is probably what we're going to end up doing uh we should make a run of this so larry and i met in december of 2021 and i moved to north carolina to pursue this duo one year ago in march
1: of 2022 Mm -hmm. and larry when you first met joe what were you doing I was working in construction.
0: I dabbled in music here and there.
1: But back home in Venezuela, music was, that was your livelihood.
0: Ever
2: since I was 11 years old, I became a musician and I've lived my whole life
1: as a professional musician and educator. So, how has it been coming back to music as a profession? Um, the instruments that you play, how has all that felt for you? It's
2: beautiful being able to come back to what I love so much. Even though I'm very thankful for being able to work in construction all of these years, I had an internal sadness not being able to do what I most
0: love and I thought it was
2: almost impossible to sustain myself
1: economically on music. Well, I'm really glad that that has changed and now, so Larry and Joe is an ongoing concern. There is a record and uh, this first song that you're going to do is an example Joe of, of what you and Larry have put together. Uh, explain the title because it's kind of a neologism, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it is. So it's called gabanjo, and uh, gaban is a typical form, musical form in Yanera music. And since I'm playing it on the unorthodox banjo, in that <laughs> genre, there's no banjo, of course. So we called the song gabanjo. It's kind of a joke.
1: All right, let's hear a live performance from the duo known as Larry and Joe. <laughs> performance. We're at the Big Ears Festival in Knoxville, which sounds very grand, but we're actually in Larry Beorin's hotel room where Larry and Joe, the duo, are performing for us. Uh, Larry Beorin playing the Venezuelan harp, and Joe is Joe Troop, who you may know from the band Che Apolace, and uh, playing, at the moment at least, the banjo, which uh, Joe is a pretty convincing instrument for this uh, for this type of music. Yeah, it is. Um, and Larry playing uh, this beautiful Venezuelan harp. Uh, I'm guessing, Larry, that when you had to leave Venezuela, you were not able to bring your harp with you.
0: I brought
2: a, as we say in Venezuela, travel harp.
0: Because it's little. I got it new
2: in the international airport of Venezuela.
0: <laughs> and
2: when I got to the United States, it was broken. And there wasn't even an opportunity to play it. And when I got here, I, since I'm also a luthier, I had to repair it. And I was able to use that harp a little bit here and there from time to time and after five and a half years here I was able to buy a, a harp from Colombia and get it brought
1: to the United States
2: in fact that was the same month that Larry and I met that he got his
1: current harp right so this this looks like a contemporary instrument it, you know it is partially made of wood but also it looks like some kind of composite it's actually all
2: made of wood but it's painted it's all made of wood but it's painted but it's it's a. It's just a really glitzy paint job. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: yeah, the uh,
2: the the instrument maker custom builds every harp, and of course Larry is extravagant. He also he can also turn the lights on. He has purple neon lights on it.
1: <laughs> I did not see that yesterday.
2: Yeah, we did. We didn't use it in the cathedral, but we definitely used it in the late night set the night before.
1: Ah, uh, okay. So, um, for you, Joe, um I mean what what are this what's the source material that you're drawing from? I mean, you, you mentioned living in Buenos Aires for a decade or so, but what what was the music that you grew up with? What was your folklore?
2: I grew up uh, well, when it, since I was a young teenager, I've been listening to Appalachian folk music of many kinds, but mostly bluegrass. Old time, I listened to a lot of uh, swing, early swing music and then you know French jazz, all kinds of stuff that string band focused music that was what i I spent most of my life doing. And then in Latin America, I dabbled in all all kinds of stuff, you know in my ten years in Buenos Aires. After 2015, a lot of Venezuelan migrants started showing up around Buenos Aires with their instruments and they started, Uh, Peñas, which would be like folk music halls and Mm. recital halls and stuff. So so I started bumping into these incredible Llanera musicians in Buenos Aires. Uh, But I was really busy at that time with Chiapalache because we were hitting it real hard. So I didn't have, you know, I didn't have as much time available to pal around with these people. And I, I met some good friends down there, Venezuelan friends. But it wasn't until I met Larry That I was able to finally study Musica Llanera. Curiously, when I was 19 years old and doing a couple years of undergrad in Spain, my best friends, who were recent immigrants from South America, gave me uh, a CD of traditional Venezuelan music, and it blew my mind. You know, this is 20-some years ago. Uh, I, I heard that music, and I fell in love with it at that time, and I always listened to it and was mesmerized by it, but I never got to... D- take a deep dive into, into Venezuelan folk music until I met Larry and we formed this duo, so it's kind of a dream come true for me, I'm getting to play the folk music tradition that most inspired me all along, I just didn't have access to it mm.
1: and uh, so it's musca llanera is the, the, the style that this harp is specific to yeah, so this is the llanera harp yeah. there's also arpa
2: tuyera verdad? Eh, central arpa central uh, and it, so, the, but this, this is the llanera harp, but it can play other styles of music. Sure. Like it, Venezuela is a very rich, so there's a, there's a great variety of, of music in, in the country. And Larry plays like kind of like any modern folk musician from anywhere in the world. You sort of dabble as a multi-stylist in styles that are parallel to your own. Like it, it's not uncommon to find uh, an old-time fiddler who also plays bluegrass or Cajun music or swing, right. uh, you know. Uh, so it, it, it's kind of a similar vibe. There's there's the, the, the greater folk traditions of a specific country sort of, um, you pick up right. uh, so, bits and pieces so, of all of them. So
1: you, as both a banjo player and a fiddler, uh-huh. can play, you know... I've dabbled like in a lot of different and, yeah. g-
2: genres. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm... Uh, you know no no one has the ultimate handle on every genre, sure. You, you know, you have your highly specified interests, but uh, but right now, what's cool is a fiddle player, I get to learn joropo, uh, which already has a tradition on the violin, and simultaneously, I'm able to adapt things to the banjo, which doesn't have uh, a tradition.
0: In the in Venezuela.
2: Yeah, he thinks I'm crazy <laughs> as a fiddler <laughs> for playing. Fiddle, yeah, Fiddle music in Venezuela—they don't—they don't come from like they don't have a bluegrass right. or swing background. Most of the players down there, so I'm able to bring that those a little bit of that
0: flair.
2: Yeah, keeping in mind that not all Venezuelan violinists are willing to play folk music a lot of them are classical musicians
0: right. yeah for people who,
2: who who come up playing classical music when they try to play Venezuelan folk music it just drives them crazy, it's very difficult yeah. even for Venezuelans it's not, not all Venezuelans play Venezuelan folk music right. so he says I'm crazy All right. Uh, So is this next song uh, an example of Joropo? Yeah, the first one was Joropo. This is Pasaje. So Joropo means, or Recio means, like, uh, fast and furious, basically. So the first one was Joropo. What we're going to do now is Pasaje, but it's emblematic of Musica Llanera. You get into the weeds when you talk about the difference between Musica Llanera and Joropo. It's, there's a lot of subtlety in, in their terminologies so, okay. and yeah. you're going to
1: sing this one
2: yeah we both sing this one this is a classic that was uh, written or ma- at least made famous by Simon Diaz. It's oh, okay. and it's the most recorded the, the most well known Venezuelan song it's, it's been done in many styles in many different languages okay uh, so Caballo
1: Viejo old Old, old horse.
2: horse Old Horse
1: alright Larry and Joe are my guests, and uh, let's hear another live performance. Caballo Viejo, old horse. Live performance from uh, Larry and Joe. Uh, there is now, Joe, a record yes. of of this music. And how how broad is the spectrum that the two of you are playing these days? It's
2: very broad. So we we do experiments. Uh, for example, Larry plays maracas and Latin bass on a bluegrass standard. Roll in my sweet baby's arms. Uh, we do one called Nuevo South Train, which modulates, metrically modulates between 4.4 uh, and 6.8 the whole time. And it's kind of uh, a mix of, you know, Cancion Mexicana, Gaita Venezolana, Bluegrass. There's a, a lot of sort of haphazard mixing <laughs> of styles, but also like tip tip of the hat to all the traditional music traditional Venezuelan music, we do some straight up stuff, but with unorthodox instrumentation.
3: <coughs> <coughs> Nuevo, South Street, chuggin'. It's chugging on around the bay.
2: kind of what we're after is like really being as authentic as we can while at the same time
1: being unorthodox yeah now uh, Larry you, you said before that uh, some of the violinists in Venezuela who play classical music they're uncomfortable with folkloric but doesn't El Sistema I, I thought El Sistema teaches both after Dulamel, this is what happened
0: oh uh, with Dudamel, that was a cha- that marked a change
2: since so the really last ten years, and before that, Llanera music wasn't taught. It was considered something only for the countryside, only for a small towns. Even though the greatest musicians in Venezuela were able to acknowledge
1: how complex the folk traditions were, for some reason they were marginalized. So, so Gustavo Dudamel, in addition to raising the profile of classical music in this country, did a lot for folkloric music in Venezuela as well. Yes. Okay.
0: Good.
2: So under Dudamel, he had the symphonic orchestra playing a mambo and simultaneously dancing. Yes.
0: Que rico el mambo. Mambo. Que rico, eh, 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 mambo.
2: and the instrumentalists would move at different (laughs) times. It wasn't one generalized choreography. It was
1: stacked. So, uh, Larry, when you were teaching in El Sistema, were you teaching Mm -hmm. both folkloric and classical music? I was teaching folk
0: music. Well, there were people like my
1: brother Enrique, who was teaching classical music. He was a violinist. What is the situation now? I mean, has... It sounds like El Sistema has been very good for folkloric music as well, but the country is a mess.
0: That's a whole another can. Okay,
2: that's a whole another can of worms. The country, the
1: socio-political implications—it's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah but you know to come back where we began joe it was the sociopolitical implications that brought the two of you together
2: yeah if there if there wasn't a massive diaspora out of venezuela you know larry did not come here um it wasn't his dream yeah to leave venezuela it was for his family's safety yeah and so if it wasn't for the big mess we would have never met you know and if it wasn't for the pandemic i don't think I would have wound up in North Carolina again. I would have gone back to Buenos Aires. Yeah. So it's just, you know, out of chaos there are silver linings. Yeah.
1: Well Ari, Joe, uh great to hear you thank live you. Live at the Big Ears Festival and playing for us today. Thank you so much. Gracias.
0: Thank you. Gracias. Yeah.
1: Thank you, man, for making time. You New Yorkers, come see us. We're coming your way. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Larry and Joe will be here in New York on Thursday evening, June 15th, playing at Rockwood Music Hall, the 6 to 7.30 p.m. show. And you can find all of their music on the LP, the new record called Nuevo South Train. Larry and Joe, Larry Beyerine and Joe Troop, recorded live during the 2023 edition of the Big Ears Festival in Knoxville, Tennessee. Our technical director is Irene Trudell. Our producer is Karen Havlick. I'm John Schaefer. I shot some simple cell phone video of Larry and Joe doing those uh, live performances, and you can watch those on the, the New Sounds YouTube channel. My thanks to video editor Eric Weber. And thank you for listening. You can keep up with everything we're doing on New Sounds, including these Soundcheck podcasts, by subscribing to our free weekly newsletter. Just text New Sounds to 70101.